podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello. Welcome to episode 80. 80. We're like geriatric. Yeah. I don't have mm-hmm. teeth anymore. You have dentures. Yes. Those, are, those count as teeth. I have somebody else's teeth now. Yeah. Well, you have teeth made for <laughs> you. They're, they're yours. Now they are. Who maybe in your dentures you can use the dog tooth once it's thoroughly disinfected and sanitized. I'll have them put it as my canine. Done. No, even better, I'll have them do it as my molar. That's Surely that's comfortable. That'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, please don't do that because that would just be disgusting. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Well, how are you? Not too bad. I've got either popcorn or kettle corn. Pretty sure it's kettle corn here. At one point, I had one of each box. And when there was like only one left, I threw the box away. And then there was only one left, so I threw the box away. You know, they don't say it on the individual bags. They both say popcorn. I feel like it should say kettle corn. I feel like it should say kettle corn, but that kind of feels like a you problem. It's okay. I like kettle corn. How are you? I'm good. I'm, we had, so we went to Top Golf, which I don't think you would know what Top Golf is. I think it's a Utah thing. I don't know. Top Golf or Topless Golf? Top Golf. Okay. You, so you gotta wear it on. Yes. Got you. But bottoms Bottom. are optional. No, bottoms are on too. Oh, okay. It's, no, it's just like a, a range. You just go and hit golf balls. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we did that yesterday. That was fun. My friend bought me a pillow for my birthday. Uh, <laughs> okay. I should. She tried really hard and she's like, I'm so sorry. I effed it up. I didn't mean to, but it didn't come in, in time. So I've got the pillow. I don't have the case. Mm-hmm. So it's a pillowcase and it says it's formatted like it's giving you a definition. Okay. And it says ambitious. <laughs> and it says, as the definition, striving to be more of a bitch than the average bitch. I approve of this. Yes. So she got me that. Um, she's like, I will drop it off, do whatever I need to to get it to you. <laughs> I was like, listen, I didn't ask for anything. We were doing top golf. I was fine with that. So I think that's that's my little update. I don't have anything else fun going on. We just talked on Wednesday. No, Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday. Oh, that's why we can't think of anything. Yeah, no, we talked too recently, so we don't like each other. I'm just kidding. We don't know what to say to each other right now. This is far too frequent. Yeah. See, we're distant friends where we can only talk like once a week or we just have nothing to talk about. Yeah, basically. Do all the talking. Basically. Oh, I'm not sick anymore. Oh, that's a positive. Yeah. Everybody's. um, Annie was sick the other day again. Had to leave work. They called me. I was on lunch, too. And they called me. And they were like, she's... Um, is this her explosive diarrhea? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She she blew through, like, a couple different clothes. And they said, like, she was sleeping all day. And I'm like, oh, that's not my child. Have I already told yeah. you this? Yeah, we talked about it on Tuesday. That's why it was. That's why we can't think of anything. Dang. Okay, yeah, I got nothing. She's healthy. She's fine. We had Chinese buffet today. It was delicious. She was really hyped the whole time. Oh, I guess I can brag. Uh, you said Chinese buffet, and that reminded me of the Chinese buffet I went to on Friday, for paid for by my work. Thank you oh, very much. Yes, um, because they do a monthly recognition, uh, like mm-hmm. employee recognition, and I was chosen on my team. It's not the first time I've gone on it, but I was chosen <laughs> because my customers love me, and I'm like, I don't know why. Because you're ambitious. Yeah, I am pretty ambitious. Mm-hmm. They must approve of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was something I was going to tell you, and I don't remember what it was. If I don't write it down, I don't remember to tell you. Mm, normally, I'll text you and say something. Oh, you know what? I know what it was. What? I was just going to tell you about my darling mother-in-law, who, okay, bless her, she needs to stop saying shit like this. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. So, obviously, Cody's family knows we're doing all IVF, all of that stuff, and I've already told her, like, no, they're putting a single embryo at a time. Like, <laughs> We're not yeah. doing this double nonsense. Not chancing it. Right? And she goes, I just keep having this. This was on Thursday because we were at their house for dinner or her house for dinner. And she goes, I just keep having this feeling that the egg is going to split or the embryo is going to split and you're going to have identical twin boys. And I said, you shut your dirty mouth. You Squash have been saying that, that for years. I know. I'm like, no, I'm not doing twin. Teresa, you can take the extra one. I'm not. I'm doing one. We'll take applications. Whichever one's the best baby can stay. Just tell them to take that one back out and put it in the freezer with the rest of the blastos- yeah. blastocytes. No, they're embryos blastocyst. now. They're, I mean, they're the same thing. Blastocyst, I think. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Just take put it, it out, freezer. freeze it. It's pre-made. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they'll do that. Oh, sure they will. They'll find it in like 200 <laughs> years and they'll be so excited. They're like, look at this primitive IVF, baby. This is how they did it back then. Now we're just aliens and we probe people and boom, baby, three months later. Oh, three months? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we're like hundreds of years in the future. Yeah, they got this down like to a science. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Point being is that I'm, um, first of all, this is not the first time that his mother has said something like this. We To you? To me and Cody. Okay. For years. She's like, you guys are going to have twins. And I keep telling her, no, we're not. Twins might run in your family. But not so much in my family. Plus, my cousin took care of the twins for my family. We're done. I don't got to do it. Does she ever do this to anybody else? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, you need to you need to find out because that can quell a lot of anxiety. If she does this to like three other people and all of them are like, no, we had one kid. It's no. just like, oh, okay, cool. She's just manifesting and she's not good at it. Okay. <laughs> We're going to hope Teresa's <laughs> just not good at manifesting. <laughs> But she just keeps saying stuff like that. And then it doesn't help that years ago, this is stuck in my mind because I'm traumatized. Years ago, my sister-in-law also told Mm -hmm. me that she had a dream that I was having triplets. And I told her, I'm not, I'm not doing three. I'm doing one. We are doing (laughs) Do your in-laws even like you? I think that's the issue is they really like me and they're really trying to find reasons for me to stay. And I'm like, listen, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, no. Okay, well, I'll start, like, I'll light some sage for you. Thank you. Can you start manifesting not multiple, just one? Yes, one whole healthy baby. Thank you. I really appreciate Mm -hmm. that because I can't, I can't do it. I'm scared for you. I'm terrified for myself as well. Oh, I got it. Vision board. Done. And your Single. vision board? Yes, your vision board consists of one child, one baby. That's it. Nothing else. And I'm gonna write next to it: single child. Yes, at a time. <laughs> there it is. And just look at Done. it every day, and just be like, one baby. Done. Maybe Done. don't. Gonna... Maybe don't point with a gun. That's not. I don't think that's the right. <laughs> we thing won't to do. do the finger gun. Yeah. I'll just. You know what? When they're when we're do- getting ready for the transfer, I'll be like, "Can I have a minute with the the embryo?" And I'll just say, "If you split, I swear to God, I will make <laughs> your life. I will embarrass both of you so hard for your entire lives. Don't care. I swear to God." You need to take a sharpie and write on your mm-hmm. socks the "knock me up, doc," but only once. 
I'll, I'll hand him a letter. Yeah. Don't <laughs> knock me up twice. Well, I mean, he might be allowed to do it twice if it works once. and then Not we, at the same time. Not a, Only one baby, okay? Yeah, we will return to sender. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Box that back up, send back. <laughs> Anyways, point is, is that she she's manifesting that. She's been doing that to us for years. And again, I like I love my mother-in-law, but I really need her to stop because I don't know if I have the mental capacity for two at a time. And she's really starting to freak me out. At least you can one and done it. That's the only positive I'm going to say about twins. Triplets? No, no, no. Listen, Just no. Listen, I don't know if I can handle two Cody's at the same time. I mean, you're going to do that regardless because you already got the one. Okay, I'm sorry. Three Cody's at the same time. <laughs> because she keeps saying it's going to be boys. And I'm like, stop. Ma'am. Stop. I don't know. That doesn't help either. Because you can have an Annie. She's basically a little boy. The child knows no fear. I just, I can't. Anyways, that's my um, complaint for the day. That uh, That's a very fair and valid complaint. Yep. So, Teresa, I'm going to just have to ask you to stop manifesting that. <laughs> Manifest it for someone else, please. Not me. Not I it. don't want it. Nose goes. Not, no. <laughs> someone else in the world didn't yeah. touch their nose. We're good. We text James real quick and tell him to touch his damn nose. <laughs> touch your nose right now. <laughs> don't ask questions. Just do it. We're doing nose goes with the entire world right now. Okay. <laughs> and we can't lose this one. No. I will leave my finger on my nose for as long as I have until I go to sleep and probably can't help it. Just tape it. Yeah. Duct tape it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. For our listeners, both Amanda and I are holding our fingers to our nose because we don't risk yeah. anything. Okay. We're going to put a pause on the nose goes, though, so we can see. Okay, thank you. Okay, we'll do it later. It was interrupting my kettle corn. Is it kettle corn for sure? Yeah, it's kettle corn for sure. Well, for our listeners, if you guys want to see pictures from our episodes, you can see them on Instagram and Facebook, Helen Hills Podcast. Instagram, Helen Hills Pod. We post all of the pictures there. You can email us with requests, encouragement, whatever you guys have. If there's a story you guys want to hear, whatever it might be, that is Podcast at gmail.com. We also have our Patreon and Discord going. So if you want to join either of those, you can find those actually on our link tree. And you can just type in in Google Hell on Hills Podcast link tree and we should be the first option that comes up. And I think that's it. Are you ready for a story? I'm so ready because these faces look familiar, but I don't think I know it. It's a little bit more recent. At least the last update was 2020. Oh, okay. So like pretty, pretty dang recent. Have you ever heard of Conrad Roy or Michelle Carter? I don't think so. Conrad Roy, he was born on September 12th, 1995. He and his family were from Mattaposet, Massachusetts. And I'm sorry, Massachusetts, if I said that wrong. I I don't know. Mattaposet. Posit, Massachusetts. I know. Conrad had a normal early life, from what I could find. He, like, his family loved him. He was raised really well. He worked in the family's marine salvage business with his father, grandfather, and uncle. Um, that business was Tucker Roy Marine Towing and Salvage Inc. Um, in high school, he was a relatively athletic kid. I mean, he played baseball. He was on the row crew. He ran track. He did, however, have his own demons. He struggled with social anxiety and depression. Reportedly, Conrad had attempted suicide in October of 2012. And some reports say this was after the divorce of his parents. I could find that it was a little messy there. 
Now, when Roy was just 17, he was hospitalized uh, for an overdose. Conrad would go on to reportedly attempt to take his life on four different occasions. Now, he would begin getting treatment that he needed to help with the depression and social anxiety. And in the spring of 2014, he would actually earn his captain's license from the Northeast Maritime Institute. And, I mean, he took three months of night classes in order to complete these courses. Um, and this is so he could, you know, continue with his father's, grandfather's, uncle's business. Yeah, it sounds like he kind of tried to turn it around. Like, he had a rough go. He had some very adult problems as a, as a child. And those problems aren't gone. He's still struggling with them, but he's moving forward with his life. He's, I mean, he's, what, 18 years old? And he mm-hmm. completes these classes. Like, three months of night classes for an 18-year-old seems like a lot to me. Yeah. Like, you just got done with school at that point. Well, that would have even p- potentially been before he finished school, because that would have been in spring of 2014. Okay. So he was driven then. Yeah. And he actually does graduate from old Rochester, uh, Rochester Regional High School in 2014. And he graduated on the honor roll with a 3.88 GPA. So he was a good student. I mean, 3.88 GPA, he's got, what, A's and B's? Like, he's he's doing well. He graduated with a better GPA than I did, and I didn't go to night classes for something completely different. Let's see. Um, he had been accepted into Fitchburg State University, where he planned to study business. And he also had a girlfriend, Michelle Carter. Michelle was born on August 11th, 1996. She was also born and raised in Massachusetts. She, however, went to a completely different school. They didn't live in the same city. She was on anxiety and depression medications, specifically in 2014, uh, Cytolopram. And just a little note, Cytolopram comes with a boxed warning that the medication may increase suicidal thinking and behavior for individuals under the age of 24. So just keep that in your head for now. Okay. The two had met in Florida in 2012. So both of their families had gone to Florida to visit family. They happened to meet out there through relatives. And they they would hit it off. And for a couple years, they would begin texting each other quite quite consistently. They never really saw each other in pat or more than in passing. Like they saw each other on a handful of occasions. And I mean, they both lived in Massachusetts and about 35 miles away, about an hour apart. So they they did what they could and they talked to each other from what I could find. Again, Conrad has social anxiety, so he might feel more comfortable behind a screen like texting than in person. I don't know for sure. Uh, But again, texting, emailing each other regular and frequently professing their love for one another. Okay, that's kind of that's kind of sweet. A, a good little meet cute. Yeah, I mean, we're in the digital age, you know. People yeah. frequently meet online and fall in love. Fine. Present. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> now, in most sources I could find, Conrad's parents didn't actually know of this relationship. They knew that Conrad and Michelle were frequently texting one another, but they didn't know that they were dating or considering each other like boyfriend girlfriend type thing. In these text email exchanges, Conrad would eventually tell Michelle that he had allegedly been hit by his father and verbally abused by his grandfather. There is at least one incident in which Conrad's father had been arrested for some assault charges. I could only find one incident in all of the documents. And in all of the documents or anything that his dad appears on, his dad doesn't lie. He's like, yeah, there was an altercation. And his dad has also said, like, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change what happened. It was part of our learning. Like, it wasn't... So, from what I could find, there was an altercation of some sort. It wasn't super severe. 
but his dad was arrested. And then his dad also doesn't lie about it. He's not like hiding that something happened. It doesn't sound great the way he's like, you know, I wouldn't change it. But I can also kind of see his point. Like, you know, if you learned from it. Yeah. Yeah. So after Michelle Carter. So, I mean, he tells Michelle all all of this. And he also tells her, like, I do. I have these suicidal thoughts, tendencies, so on. And after Michelle learns of Conrad's suicidal thoughts, she does repeatedly discourage him from taking his life anytime he's feeling down, feeling blue. And she does encourage him to seek out professional help. Now, I mentioned earlier that Conrad did struggle with social anxiety and depression. According to most of the reports I could find, he was seeing therapists and counselors, and he was on medication. Now, to some extent, his parents knew of the struggles he was going through, but by 2014, it seemed as if they didn't realize he was still struggling with suicidal thoughts. So maybe he just was keeping it to himself, not telling them. Yeah, so he was discussing this openly with Michelle Carter, but not really with his parents from what I could find they were I mean they thought he was on the up and up in June of 2014 Conrad would send Michelle Carter a text suggesting that they act like Romeo and Juliet oh no um which we if you don't know how Romeo and Juliet ends I'm gonna spoil it for you they both die and so this led a lot of people to believe that they both agreed to kill themselves in some way or something was happening where suicide is now kind of coming back up again in this conversation in the early weeks of july 2014 michelle carter who i mentioned earlier was discouraging her boyfriend conrad from taking his life her tune kind of changes she would actually begin telling her boyfriend conrad that it would be a good thing to help him die okay okay yep so i'm gonna share the messages between michelle carter and conrad roy on July 12th, 2014. I'm debating making you uh, read one of them and then I read the other one. Like, so we can both be each person? Yeah. Who do you want? Do you want Michelle or Conrad? Yes, give me Michelle. I already regret that. Just looking at her face. I know. Okay. Well, that means that you get to start. So I'm making Amanda do some reading with me. So Amanda is taking over Michelle Carter's messages and I will read Conrad Roy's messages. Okay. And this starts at 4.07 a.m. Good God, why are y'all awake? Okay, sorry. I don't know. It's a random day in July. Okay. Conrad, hey, you there? Hey, sorry, I fell asleep. It's okay. Why haven't you done it yet, though? Oh, my God. I'm too messed up, too. What are you talking about? My head. You can't think about it. You just have to do it. You said you were going to do it. Like, I don't get why you aren't. I don't get it either. IDK. I regret this. Um, So I guess you aren't going to do it then. All that for nothing. I'm just confused. Like you were so ready and determined. I am gonna eventually. I really don't know what I'm waiting for, but I have everything lined up. No, you're not, Conrad. Last night was it. You keep pushing it off and you say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action. You're just making it harder on yourself by pushing it off. You have to just do it. You just have to do it. Do you want to do it now? Is it too late? IDK, if it's already light outside. I'm going to go back to sleep. Love you. I'll text you tomorrow. No, it's probably the best time now because everyone's sleeping. Just go somewhere in your truck and no one's really out right now because it's an awkward time. If you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. And you say you'll do it tomorrow, but you probably won't. Tonight. Love you. Thank you. For what? Are you awake? Yes. 
Are you going to do it today? Yes. Like in the daytime? Should I? Yeah, it's less suspicious. You won't think about it as much, and you'll get it over with instead of waiting until the night. Yeah, then I will. Like, where? Like, I could go in any enclosed area. Go in your truck and drive in a sparkling lot somewhere to a park or something. Do it now, like early. Didn't we say this was suspicious? No, I think night is more suspicious. A kid sitting in his car, just turn on the radio and do it. It won't be suspicious, and it won't take long. All right, I'm taking Holly for a walk. Okay. IDK why I'm like this. Sometimes things happen and we never have the answers why. Like, why am I so hesitant lately? Like, two weeks ago, I was willing to try everything, and now I'm worse really bad. I'm LOL not following through. Falling through, it's eating me inside. You're so hesitant because you keep overthinking it and pushing it off. You just need to do it, Conrad. The more you push it off, the more it will eat at you. You're ready and prepared. All you have to do is turn the generator on and be, and you be free and happy. No more pushing it off. No more waiting. You're right. If you want it as bad as you say you do, it's time to do it today. Yep. No more waiting. Okay. I'm serious. Like you can't even wait till tonight. You have to do it when you get back from your walk. Thank you. For what? Still bring here. Being. I would never leave you. You're the love of my life. My boyfriend. You're my heart. I'd never leave you. Aw, smiley face. Smiley face, I love you. I love you too. Another smiley face. When will you be back from your walk? Like five minutes. Okay, so are you going to do it? I guess. Well, I want you to be ready and sure. Tongue hanging out face? What's that mean? Ha ha. IDK, I'm freaking out again. I'm overthinking. I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did last time and not think about it and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. I do want to, but like I'm freaking out for my family, I guess. I-D-K-K-K-K. Conrad, I told you I'll take care of them. Everyone will take care of them to make sure that they won't be alone and people will help them get through it. We talked about this. They will be okay and accept it. People who commit suicide don't think this much and they just do it. I know, I know, lol. Thinking just drives me more crazy. Exactly. You just need to do it, Conrad, or I'm going to get you help. You can't keep doing this every day. Okay, I'm going to do it today. Do you promise? I promise, babe. I have to now. Like right now? Where do I go? And you can't break a promise. And just go in a quiet parking lot or something. Okay. Go somewhere you know you won't get caught. You can find a place. I know you can. Are you doing it now? Still have no clue. Not finding a place to go isn't an excuse. I know where to go. Where? A park and ride. Ride? That's what it's called. It's like a parking lot. Oh, okay, gotcha. Are you going now? Either that or go to the beach. Why would you go to the beach? Well, that's where my mom's going. I thought you were just going to do it. My mom's making me go. When I get home, I'm going to do it. Okay, promise? I'm going kayaking anyways. Ha ha, you love kayaking. Yep. So something I wish we could have done. Make sure you take your son kayaking. Ha ha, of course I will. Good, what's up? Kayaking, ha ha. Still? Yep, but I'm done now. I love you so much. I love you forever. I'm in the worst pain right now, like it's unbearable. I think it's time to do it now then. Do you agree? 
Conrad, please answer me. I'm still at the beach. Oh, okay, sorry. Let me know when you're leaving. Okay. Sorry, that was my friend who called. I was just going to say, and right here, she took a phone call or um, a call was interrupted between her and Conrad. Something happened there. Sorry, that was my friend who called. She wanted to know if she could borrow my bike because hers has a flat tire, huh? It's all good. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm determined. I'm happy to hear that. I'm ready. Good, because it's time, babe. You know that. When you get back from the beach, you gotta do it. You're ready. You're determined. It's the best time. Okay, I will. Are you back? No more thinking. Yes, no more thinking. You need to just do it. No more waiting. On way back. I know where to go now. Where? A parking lot. There's gonna be no cars. There's an... There's going to be no cars there at nine, so that's when I'll be found. Okay, perfect. When will you be home? Ten minutes. Haha, ha, that's perfect. Okay, and well, yeah, I don't know. IDK. Like, I don't want to kill anyone else with me. You won't? When they open the door, they won't know it's, o- they won't know it's odorless and colorless. You're overturning. They will see the generator and realize you breathed in CO. So, should I keep it in the back seat or front? In front. You could write on a piece of paper and tape it saying carbon monoxide or something if you're scared. I was thinking that, but someone might see it before it actually happens. Well, wait. The generator is going to be on because you'll be passed out, so they'll know you use carbon poisoning. Dead. It's not loud, is it? Not really. L-M-A-O. Okay, good. Are you going to do it now? I'm home. Okay. Ah. What? IDK, I'm stressing. You're fine. It's going to be okay. You just got to do it, babe. You can't think about it. Okay, okay. I got this. Yes, you do. I believe in you. Did you delete the messages? Yes, but you're going to keep messaging me? I will until you turn on the generator. Okay, well, I'm bringing my sisters for ice cream. So will you do it when you get back? Yep, I'll go right there. Okay, love you. I love you so much. Smiley face. Heart emoji. Haha, what are you doing? Nothing really, just resting. Okay, haha, I'm procrastinating. Yeah, haha, I know. Are you back? Yep. So it's time. Oh, it's been time. Are you going to do it now? I just don't know how to leave them, you know? Say you're going to the store or something. Like, I want them to know I love them. They know. That's one thing they definitely know. You're overthinking. I know I'm overthinking. I've been overthinking for a while How now. I know. You just have to do it, like you said. Are you going to do it now? I haven't left yet. Ha ha. Why? Leaving now. Okay, you can do this. Okay, I'm almost there. Okay. Please answer me. I'm scared. Are you okay? I love you. Please answer. You're at your dad's. Camden told me. I'll get you help soon, I guess. I thought you actually did it. And I want to note just between that six, uh, that final okay that she said after he said, okay, I'm almost there. And she said, okay, that was at about 6.30 p.m. And then when she said, please answer me, that was at about 9.19 p.m. So how do you feel about that conversation? I didn't even like reading it. It was super uncomfortable. It really was. And you chose the worst part to read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I should have known um, based on just her face in one of these pictures. I'm sure if everybody looks at the pictures, I'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But the the way that she's just so like, she's nonchalant about it. Like, 
Are you going to do it now? Are you going to do it now? Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm kayaking. What? And then also the way that she's literally hounding him. And I understand <clears throat> you said earlier she was on antidepressants that may lead uh, anti-anxieties. Antidepressant and anxiety. Okay. She was on medicine that may lead to suicidal thoughts. Uh, I'm assuming suicidal thoughts and ideolations. Yeah. But also, like, you're not only pestering him to do it, you're threatening him to get help if he doesn't? I was going to point that part out because that didn't, I was like, you're going to get him help if he doesn't do it? What kind of backwards ass? What? What? Okay. Just to note, Michelle is, at this time, she is 17 years old, so I get she's a stupid kid. Uh-huh. But also, you were 17 once, right? Mm-hmm. I was 17 once. I never talked to anyone like this. No. Especially not somebody that I loved with all my heart. Quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's very disturbing, this conversation. And I will say they did have a phone call um, after that or reportedly they were on the phone after that 628 call that or text, the last one between the gap reportedly mm-hmm. like a 45, 47 minute call. So, I mean, they're talking, they're discussing things. And unfortunately on July, on Saturday, July 12th, 2014, Conrad Roy would poison himself with carbon monoxide fumes in his truck at a Kmart parking lot. <sighs> so he had a little generator that was, gas powered he put it on the front seat turned it on had his truck windows all up um and he he did commit suicide um i just want to remind everyone he is an 18 year old he's just a kid it's really tragic i'm also not well first off i'm not a licensed therapist psychologist psychiatrist any of that but he didn't sound like somebody i know he had a past and he had a history but also the way he was he was thinking about his family and the way he was like, you know, I want them to know I love them. I don't want to do it. I'm procrastinating. He went to the beach with his mom. He was he took his sisters out for ice cream. He didn't sound like somebody that was committed to this. He's very reluctant. Uh-huh. He's very like you can see, at least in my opinion, when you read three of those, you can see him going. Uh, OK, I guess I'll do. I made a promise now. Like you told me I can't break a promise. Like, Mm -hmm. he's very, he even said he was procrastinating. Like, his words, he was procrastinating. It's just, it's very eerie, because I know a lot of times in stories like this, you hear where the person just becomes, um, I forget what they call it, but when they've set their mind to it, and they're gonna, unfortunately, commit suicide, there's almost, like, that inner peace with them. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that he ever had this. He was very tormented. I mean, he, he had just gotten that captain's license so that he could work in the family business and he like he was taking steps to move forward in his life and then in the course of a couple months it's just completely 180 now investigators obviously initially it's a suicide like they they don't think much of it but they do take his phone into evidence and after the discovery of the messages between conrad and carter an investigation would begin against michelle carter good Between the messages and her own admission, she stated that she had spoken with him on the phone during this time, and they had enough, you know, to question her part in his death. Now, some reports stated 
that she was on the phone with him while he was in the truck. The accuracy of that, I'm not sure. It was hit and miss on which articles stated that. But there are articles that stated she was on the phone with him for at least 20 minutes while he was sitting in his truck. After all of the evidence, the messages, everything, they do take this to a grand jury. And a grand jury would find enough evidence to charge Michelle Carter with wantonly and recklessly assisting the suicide. So she is to be tried as a youthful defender. And this is different than being tried as a juvenile. Basically, she could be sentenced as an adult in this case. Yeah, I'll say what you want about me, but I'm happy to hear that. Listen, I'll say that that was my initial reaction as well. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to it. On February 4th, 2015, she would be indicted on charges of involuntary manslaughter. So they're going forward with court at this point. In June 2015, a district court judge would deny the defense's motion to remove the Bristol County District Attorney's Office from the prosecution. So the defense had argued that the DA Thomas M. Quinn II needed to be removed and the whole attorney's office, the Bristol County Attorney's Office, needed to be removed due to a conflict of interest. Thomas Quinn was actually the first cousin of Conrad's grandmother, Janice Roy. And so because of the familial relation... They were trying to get, you know, the Bristol County District's office removed. That could have very greatly changed the case, changing the prosecutors. Yeah, that seems that seems fair, honestly. Yeah. It's a little close to home for him. Yeah, because Conrad, that would make Conrad and Thomas Quinn first cousins twice removed. Thomas Quinn, however, had already handed the case over to Deputy DA William McCauley. And so the court's judge would deny the defense's motion to remove the Bristol County District's office. Because he already removed himself from the situation? Mm -hmm. Okay, got you. Yep. On July 1st, 2016, the defense would submit another appeal, which was denied, and an appeal to the grand jury indictment, uh, which was heard by the Massachusetts Supreme Court. I mean, this is that appeal that was denied. I mean, the Supreme Court for Massachusetts allowed the case to go forward. This was also a unanimous decision from the Supreme Court of Massachusetts. Robert Cordy, who was on the Supreme Court, he wrote that they found there was probable cause to sustain the manslaughter indictment. So, I mean, these are lawmaking and, you know, Mm -hmm. these are really high-ranking judges for Massachusetts, and they're saying, yes, move move forward. Um, I did watch a documentary, and uh, it did have some of the footage of this hearing uh, with the Supreme Court of Massachusetts, and you could see on their faces that they were all like, "Mm, this is going to move forward. So there wasn't really any questioning there. Yeah. And it was a unanimous decision for them to move forward. Like there was no questions there. They were like, yes, we're, we're going forward. Okay. On June 5th, 2017, just one day before trial was scheduled to begin, Michelle Carter would waive her right to a jury trial. Girl, why would you do that? This is actually a very smart play because The defense, what they're trying to do is they're trying to remove emotion because they're going to recognize that people like me and you, if we're on a jury, we're likely to base this off of emotion rather than law. And react just like I did earlier. Exactly. So they're fair. Basically, the defense is going, we don't want the jury here because they're they're arguing, how is this even going to court? Like, she didn't do anything illegal. She didn't break the law. She did not kill him. That's the defense's arguments, right? And so they decided, let's remove the jury, let's remove the emotions they're going to have, and we're going to only do 
present and do all of this in front of the judge. Do we know how his family felt about that decision? About that decision? I don't know. I know how they felt about the outcome. Okay. okay. I know that was probably a hard question, but I was just wondering. Yeah. I assume that they probably were worried about it just based off of the fact that a jury trial would probably have, you know, it's more likely a jury trial is to go in their favor for Conrad Roy and a judge trial is more likely to go in the favor of Michelle Carter based off of the law, but they did move forward. Okay. And the case would be heard by Judge Lawrence Moniz of the Bristol County Juvenile Courts of Massachusetts. Now, Michelle Carter's attorney, Joseph P. Cataldo Cataldo, um, and Corey Madera, they would attempt to argue that Carter's texts were protected under the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Also, the text history showed that Conrad Roy had been suicidal without prompting from Michelle Carter. And they again tried to get this whole case dismissed. So they use this and they ask for a summary dismissal. But Judge Lawrence Moniz, he did he declines this motion. They're gonna move forward. Yeah, we're gonna keep going. I don't think that's exactly how freedom of speech works. They're they're trying to say her words did not force him to do what he did. She has the freedom of speech to say, I think you should do this. But she doesn't have the power to force him to do it over text is basically what they're trying to say, right? I see that. It feels like they're toeing the lawn a little there. I think in their in her attorney's eyes, they're basically thinking that that line was blasted past by the prosecution. Okay. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. During the trial, the prosecution would paint Michelle as a young woman who manipulated Conrad into killing himself to get attention from her friends. Uh, The prosecution was able to show that days prior to Conrad's suicide, Michelle had texted her friends feigning concern for Conrad. In these conversations, she told friends that Conrad was missing and she was worried about him. All the while, she's texting Conrad, who's not missing. Okay. Not a good look. So basically what the prosecution is saying is, those texts were her kind of feeling out how her friends would react. And, you know, she didn't feel like she had uh, this. Again, this is the prosecution. This is how they're portraying it, but they're portraying it saying she didn't have friends that she regularly, regularly hung out with. She was kind of seen as clingy or desperate or something. She would regularly text people and get frustrated when they wouldn't text back or anything like that. So she was, she didn't have like a solid group of friends that she regularly spent time with from what I could find and from what the prosecution painted her as. Maybe she's just a bad person. Well, basically they're also saying that she was using this tragedy with Conrad to get her friend's attention and their sympathies, which the text where she was telling them days prior to his, his suicide that they called that her like testing the waters, her trying to feel out how her friends would react. I feel like that's kind of like, ah, I don't know. I feel like that's probably a reach too. like, yes, maybe she wanted attention, but I don't know that she would. I don't know this girl at all. Okay. But urging someone to kill themselves just so you get attention that I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. They also brought up a fundraiser, like a tournament that she hosted after Conrad's death. She hosted in honor of Conrad in her hometown. She didn't move it to be closer to Conrad's family. She did it where she was from. But they also use this to say 
she's in pictures. She's smiling. She is happy during this event that she organized and she's getting a lot of attention from it. Did she ever give the fund to the family? I believe so. I don't know. We all grieve differently. That's kind of a hard one. And she's medicated. Right. So that's kind of a tough one for me to judge. Right. Like I said, is she's she's kind of all over the place, if we're going to be honest. Like, she's just mm-hmm. up and down. Now, that's how the prosecution attempted to portray her. The defense, however, would paint Michelle in a very different light. They would also try to paint Conrad in a different light as well. Okay. Not cool. So the defense would bring in expert witnesses who would testify that they believe that Michelle was what they called involuntarily intoxicated. This would have been for the medications that they were on, and those medications could have been clouding their judgment. Basically, this expert witness described a severe chemical imbalance in their brains caused by the medications. So there's something going on, and they're not thinking rationally. They're not able to make those decisions. This for the defense team means that Michelle, she couldn't think rationally to make decisions and she was not able to fully understand her actions and they argued that in michelle's mind she was actually doing the right thing to help conrad she saw him suffering she saw these things she saw that he was not happy and for a very long time she said don't do it don't do it uh i believe her medication was changed and then she started going okay let's do it because now in her mind this is how she helps him so that's That's how the defense is painting Michelle. They also tried to paint Conrad as more abusive, you know, based off of different text message conversations, or maybe the better word would be manipulative. Um, They basically claimed to some extent he manipulated her by saying things like, I will hate you if you tell anyone I'm suicidal or I'll never talk to you again. And he kind of, you know, played with her emotions there is how the defense tried to portray Conrad. That also feels like a read. These are coming. They're, this is coming from text messages. So there is documented proof that he said things like this. But again, he's not in a good place either. Yeah. So and he, if she's the only one he's talking to, because you said his parents thought he was fine. If she's the only one he's talking to, yeah. I feel like that's more of like a fear of mistrust, I guess, more than it is manipulation. Well, I will say that they found evidence that Connor had told Michelle that his mother knew, and she just kind of brushed it off. His mother says, I did not know any of this. So the truth somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. Now, this goes on, you know, for, for days. And in closing arguments, the prosecution would read a text that Michelle had sent to one of her friends after Conrad's death. And this is what they stated. His death is my fault. Like, honestly, I could have stopped him. I was on the phone with him and he got out of the car because it was working. And he got scared and I fucking told him to get back in, Sam. Because I knew he would do it all over again the next day and I couldn't have him live that way, the way he was living anymore. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't let him. So by her own omission, this is via text message, Michelle is saying that Conrad got out of the vehicle. It, the, the suicide plan was working. He was not comfortable. He got out and she tells him to get back in. Oh, okay. this isn't a text to her friend. Just remember, now there are people that don't know if this truly happened because again, this is by Michelle's own omission. 
she's saying it. And no one's sure if she is saying this for attention or if this truly happened. Because there is no evidence to show that it happened. Right? And she's been caught in her little text message triangles before. Right. But I feel like, and this was also reportedly like months after. So I feel like regardless, if she knows she's being investigated, why would she send this to someone? I don't know why she's done most of the stuff she's done. So valid. Now, the defense would state that this was a suicide. It's not a homicide. There's nothing like this is open, closed suicide. Done. To quote the defense, Mr. Roy stated to Carter, quote, I want to die. Straight up. I want to die. Okay. It's different saying it and doing it, though. There's a difference there. Yeah. And just if you watch, I'll tell you about the documentary or what documentary I watched. But from my perspective, the prosecution was much more put together in their closing statements. And I kind of wonder if that had something to do with the outcome. Because the defense kind of felt like they were all over the place with their statement. But that was just my perspective. On June 16th, 2017, Judge Moniz would find Michelle Carter guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Prior to his ruling, he would state that it was Carter's phone calls with Roy when he was in his truck gassing himself rather than the preceding text messages that caused him to go through with killing himself. So basically what he's saying is, had you not spoken to him and told him to get back in the vehicle, he would still be here. I thought that was unproved, though. Like, how can that be used? But is, are they doing that because but of the text message? They're using it because of the text message. Got you. Okay. So she, again, by her own admission, she has said, yes, I did this. She is claiming that she did it. So it is being used. People now speculate if it's true or not. I believe at the time they just assumed it was true. Because, okay. like I said, she's she's telling everyone that it that's what happened. Now, basically, what happens is Judge Moniz, he says that Conrad, it is a suicide, 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 until Conrad gets out of the truck. And then when he gets out of the truck and Michelle convinces him to get back in, that's where the chain of self-causation is broken, right? So he's doing it to himself up until that phone call with Michelle, self-causation broken, and now, because Michelle Carter has urged Conrad back into his truck, that is where her reckless encouragement has caused his death. So that's where he came to this verdict or how he came to this verdict. Conrad's family would state publicly that they were pleased with the verdict. They did, however, want privacy, and I couldn't find additional statements afterwards. And Michelle is now looking at a maximum of 20 years in prison for this. Oh, that's a... Uh, for some reason, I was expecting less... I think because yeah. she got, um, uh, what was it, involuntary manslaughter? Yeah, a maximum of 20 years. Now, between the verdict and the sentencing, Michelle Carter is, she's free on bail, pending sentencing. She's not being held. In August of 2017, in August of 2017, Lynn Roy, Carter's mother, not Carter's, I'm sorry, Conrad's mother, would file a $4.2 million wrongful death lawsuit. Per Roy's attorney, it was resolved and it was dismissed with prejudice and without cost. So she did attempt to get that, that lawsuit. But finally, on August 3rd, 2017, Judge Moniz would sentence Carter to serve two and a half year term. 15 months to be served in the Bristol County House of Corrections. The remainder of the sentence to be suspended with five years of probation. You heard me correctly. Yes. 15 months is what she was sentenced to with five years of probation. 
this is the same judge that that just found her guilty yes part of this he did take in to account her youth at the time and the medications that she was on so uh-huh. he took those into account and he did say he said they weren't high priority but he did consider them in his sentencing um and he came up with that number she also didn't have any priors there was a lot to it for him i i i just want to know what his original number was that's all i'm wondering because uh, that's and a half just, years that does not feel like that's damn okay yeah now, Michelle Carter's lawyers would ask Judge Moniz to issue a stay of the sentence until all of Michelle Carter's Massachusetts appeal options were exhausted. This was granted with the condition that Michelle Carter was to stay away from the Roy family. So what this means is that Michelle's not going to prison. She is going to remain out of prison until they get through the appeals to see if they can overturn this decision. As long as she leaves them the hell alone. Yes, correct. And so... Some people were concerned that she would never see a day in jail. Um, I actually called my dad and had to ask him because I was real confused on what one of the lawyers said. But people were very concerned because this was supposed to be, the sentence was supposed to be completed by August of 2022. And people were like, well, if the appeals process goes out past August of 2022, is she going to go to jail? I talked to my dad and he said they would have just given it a new date to be completed by after the appeals process. Or they should have. That's how at least Utah works. Is they might have done a stay of the sentence, but if it went past August 2022, she still just, goes for 15 months. They would just push out that date and say, "Okay, well, if you're still going through appeals, if they chose to let her continue her stay of sentence, they would push back the date to like I don't know August of 2026 or whatever." Right. Okay. I see. Um, he said that is a decision based on case by case. If they're going to push out or if they're going to just say, okay, appeal's done, whatever. Um, my dad just said it depends on the judge, depends on the court. Um, but likely they would have just pushed, pushed the date out. Now, on February 6, 2019, the Massachusetts Supreme Court would rule that Michelle Carter had acted with criminal intent. The involuntary manslaughter conviction was ordered to stand and Michelle Carter's sentence would be enforced in the near future. That was on February 6th. Under order of the Massachusetts judge, Michelle Carter was to begin serving her sentence on February 11th, 2019. They basically overturned this day of sentence. They said, oh. no, you're going. Okay. So she would go to, she would go to jail by February 11th, 2019. And Michelle would apply for parole, which was denied in September of 2019. So she's already trying parole early on. Michelle Carter's lawyer would petition the case to the U.S. Supreme Court. They petitioned based on First and Fifth Amendment grounds. They again urged that Conrad Roy had a history of suicidal thoughts and attempts, and that the decision to end his life was his own. They claimed that Michelle Carter was quote-unquote bewildered over the case against her. They argued that taking all the text in context, she tried to talk him out of it, which... I believe they're referring to the ones prior to her 180. Yeah, I was going to say which text, because it wasn't yeah. the ones that I read. Yeah. And they just said no law was broken, and that she had a First Amendment right to free speech, and she was just a juvenile. The U.S. Supreme Court would decline to hear the case in January 2020, and they left her conviction in place. Doesn't change much, because Michelle Carter would be released from prison on January 23rd, 2020. Now, if you're doing the math, you probably realize that was not 15 months day. She was released more than three months early on good behavior. 
This was allowed because in Massachusetts, by their state laws, it allows inmates to reduce their sentences by 10 days per month for exemplary behavior. In total, (sighs) she would only serve 11 months and 12 days of her 15-month stay. Conrad Royd's funeral was held in July of 2014, and the Captain Conrad H. Roy III Fund at the Northeast Maritime Institute in Fairhaven was established in his memory. HBO released a series called I Love You, Now Die, and this went into depth on the entire case and the trial, mostly the trial, right? It was actually very interesting, and it focused a lot, at least on one episode, it focused on her mental state and the defenses, their tactics, their defense. I would recommend watching it. It was very good. Uh, I did get some very good perspective. So this is one of those cases where I'm really conflicted because I understand she's youthful and I understand she did not physically force him back into the truck. But on the moral side, what she did was wrong. Yeah. But legally, did she break the law? And I think that's where that line is, is they're saying morally what she did was kind of screwed up. We're not arguing that. But legally, she didn't do anything that broke the law. And so it's like, I want justice for Conrad because regardless of any any negative conversations that he had, he needed support. Not encouragement. Not encouragement to take his life. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that documentary even went into depth on, like, Michelle Carter's obsession with Leah Michelle from Glee. Do you know that show? Uh, I, I mean, I know what it is. I've never watched it. Don't yeah. hate me. No, you're fine. I just... Like, it was really interesting to see them say, like, she's quoting lines from Glee and she's doing this. And they kind of talked about how Michelle Carter might have, like, idolized Leah Michelle in some way. And anyways, had this whole different reality in her head. Um, It didn't go into a lot of depth on that, but it did mention it. It was really interesting. But again, I'm really conflicted because morally what she did was wrong. Mm-hmm. Legally, I don't know. I, apparently, illegally, what she did was wrong as well. The medicine that she was on is kind of kind of conflicting to me as well. Or I don't know how, what the hell am I trying to say. The medicine is throwing me off too. Yeah. Like if she was on medicine that clearly says on the box, like, "Hey, it's dangerous to take this before you're 24." Um, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how all that works. But I know you know anti-anxiety and antidepressant medicines. I've been on them, and yes, they do help. But I've also been on some that do not help. And even exacerbate the situation. So I'm torn when it comes to that. And then, like you said, they're kids. They're really dumb. Mm-hmm. I did a really a lot of dumb things back then. Never to this extent. But right, they're already not firing on all cylinders. And then they have mental health issues to boot. So it's like... Right. And that's where I'm like, I'm struggling. It's so conflicting. And since Michelle Carter has been released, she's kept a low profile. And her whereabouts at this time are unknown. Um, I do want to throw out for anyone struggling with suicidal thoughts. There are resources out there for you. For the U.S., you can call 988 or text 988 if you need help. Um, And that will go to the suicide and crisis line um, so that they can help get you the proper resources. And then the pictures I included, uh, I just, I can't stand her. I can't. Yeah, I don't... uh... Uh, And the last picture is actually her being released from jail, by the way. So that would have been January 2020. I was going to ask if that's what that was because they're they're carrying the trash bags full of what looks like not trash. But yeah, that's a lot of personal items. Yeah, it is. Like you you weren't even in there 15 months. What were you doing? Right. And then what are you allowed to bring to jail? Because I feel like it's nothing. 
yourself and maybe some clothes. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I just thought I, it seems like a lot of personal items if you ask me, but maybe she took up knitting or something while she was in there. I do know they said that she did. She kept herself busy and did like a lot of gardening while she was in, in prison. She never got in trouble. Obviously, she was released on good behavior, but kind of ironic to me that she picked a hobby that involved growing and nurturing. But I didn't even think of it that way. I don't know if she's. If she's doing better now, which if she's laid low and we don't even know where she is, I'm going to take that as a good thing. All, all I can hope was this is at least a wake-up call. I don't know. Like, this is, I'm really torn on this. Like, I, this one was really hard because initially I was like, yeah, she deserves to go to jail. But then when you start listening to the defense and all of the different factors, it's like, what she did was wrong. I don't think yeah. anyone's arguing that. I think what's being argued is the legal side. Like, did she do something illegal? I know his, I feel so bad for his family. They've got, they got no justice in my eyes. They got nothing. They got like a little, a scrap that you mm -hmm. might throw to a seagull. Mm-hmm. Anyways, point is, is this was one of those conflicting cases. If you guys have personal thoughts, email us, helenheelspodcast at gmail.com. But uh, it's so hard. It is so hard because I want justice for his family so badly. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that I don't have to make decisions in cases <laughs> like this. I That's know, right? <laughs> I'm so glad no one was on the jury for this one because that would be awful. Yeah. Oh. Are you ready to move on? Yeah, please. <laughs> no. But I've got part two, remember? I know, and I bitched about that because you what? gave me a panic attack. Yeah, that was I've funny. got another two-part story. Bitch, I'm already working on my true crime. What do you mean you have a two-part story? You know damn well I would not have told you three days before. You know damn well <laughs> I wouldn't have told you while we were recording. Hey, by the way, surprise, this is a two-part. I don't believe you. You should. Because I give at least, uh, what, three Two hours. No, you give like a five-hour notice i don't recall i plead the fifth i don't know what you're talking about. okay that's what i thought so the lalori mansion that's what we're okay. talking about yeah we're ignoring bryce we're about. okay well we're not ignoring bryce but i am y'all don't listen just i would say ignore amanda but her story is hopefully less conflicting um yeah i think so okay so last episode we talked about madame lalori but this week i'm going to tell you about the house where all her cruelty took place. Infamously known as the LaLaurie Mansion. Uh, but in New Orleans, it's known as the Haunted House. That's it. The Haunted House. Because it is like the Haunted House of New Orleans. And it's considered one of the most haunted places, haunted houses in the United States. Which is kind of weird. Uh, but I'll, I'll get into that. But it's the Haunted House. Gotcha. In New Orleans, yes. People just call it the haunted house. That's because they walk by it and go, that house is dead. Don't go in. Yeah. And I did read that some people will cross the street to avoid having to walk like right past it. Uh, the rumors get wild about what happened in the LaLaurie Mansion. I picked a handful. So I'm really glad you're eating right now. Um, <laughs> so, again, these are all rumors. Put that finger down. These are all rumors. So there was a man found with a hole in his head and a stick poking out of it where they had stirred his brains. 
I know about that one. They claim that women were kept in cages meant for dogs. I'm imagining this is like a kennel. There was a woman with her limbs broken and reset to make her look like a human crab. All these people are still alive, by the way. They reportedly. performed. Yes, reportedly. They performed botched and crude sex changes on the slaves. And there were stories of a woman stuffed in a box with her limbs broken for her to fit inside. She's not a contortionist. They allegedly made her one. That's not very nice. No. <clears throat> I don't think she was a very nice person. Not to... The lady in the box? How do you know? Oh, no. Madame LaLaurie. Oh, okay. People are conflicted because they were like, she was just, you know, a woman of society. She was always proper. She was never... Okay. Proper people don't do this shit, y'all. Okay? Even if these specific stories were severely exaggerated to either sell books or for Hollywood. A la, some narrative. Yes, for some narrative whatsoever. She still did not sound like a great person. Let's just let's just get that out there. So I found one TV show that had investigated this place. It is not a well it's not one of our ghost hunting shows, but it's called Portals to Hell, and it's on Disney+. Plus. I almost watched that the other day. This one? Just that show. It's not bad. I like it. Uh, the one that I watched, obviously, was on the LaLaurie Mansion. Uh, it's, Disco it's on Discovery+, Plus, Season 1, Episode 7, if anybody wants to watch it. You want to know what? You said Disney Plus the first time, and my brain auto-corrected it to Discovery Plus. I thought I said Disney Plus the first time. I'm really bad about that, because we watch a lot of Disney Plus. It's okay. I auto-corrected it in my head. Thank you. I appreciate that. I wish I had that in real time. Sorry, can't do it. Just auto-correct my mouth as, it, as it's coming out. Yeah. You're not going to like the auto-correct I do for you. It's going to be very Southern. Damn. <laughs> People mess with me at work. Like every time I, if we're just like chatting with a customer, we, if I'm chatting with a customer and I'm like, oh, you know, what part of Alabama are you going to? Oh, I'm from Mobile. They die every time I say, two people in particular, probably three, if she would have been there. They laugh so hard every time I say Mobile. And I'm like, why? Because apparently it's funny. I don't know. It's country. Is it because it's spelled mobile? I have no idea. Mobile? I don't know. Maybe that's what it is, because when I talk about home, it's mobile, but, like, it's a mobile phone. I don't know. It's mobile. I don't it's, know. Look, I am who I am. I'm in my 30s, y'all. I'm too lazy to change. It's just, it's a whole big thing. But on Discovery Plus, not Disney Plus, <clears throat> you won't find it there. Portals to Hell. They were able to go and investigate the LaLaurie Mansion. And on this episode, they had, they said it was, he was a historian. Um, and I believed in like a YouTube episode that was about them filming this episode, something weird like that. They said that he also had, he has his own like ghost hunting tour. So that made me like kind of take what he said with a grain of salt because I feel like he has a stake in this house being crazier than what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, but we definitely need to go on the ghost hunting tour. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now, they talk to him, and Sidney Smith says that Delphine LaLaurie had over 50 slaves, and about 20 of them disappeared without a trace. 
According to Smith, in the room where the slaves were kept, were kept, I don't know why I said it like that. I do know why I said it like that, and I'm sorry. In the room where the slaves were kept, they found seven human beings, some with dislocated heads. I don't even know what that means. How do you dislocate a head? That's what I'm like. Is that is that possible? Would that just be a broken neck? But it's not broken. It's just de- dislocated. I don't know that you can dislocate that. You can break your shoulder and then you can dislocate it. But I, when he said that, I'm like, what is? Is that even medically? How do you dislocate your head? Oh my god! So yeah, it's a real thing where. The head doesn't detach from the body, but the skull separates from the spinal column. Okay, I don't like that at all. That still feels like something's broken. Yeah, apparently they were, their heads were dislocated and they were chained to the wall by their necks. I don't like that at all. Uh, No. They found slaves with broken limbs set in different angles than what they should be. And there was a woman which I believe my research said it was a man. I think, you know, that might be lost to time. It, unfortunately, um, but there was a woman with a hole in her head with maggots eating her. And she was still alive. But is that possible? I mean, I would think so. It didn't say, like, how deep the hole was. And even in my research, I couldn't find how deep the hole was. But I know, like, you can have maggots on your leg. But if it's on your head, it's likely at your brain. Well, I don't know. It depends on if the hole is through the skull or not. If it's just like, you know, a hole in her head. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. After the fire, nobody went near the house. They didn't even want to walk past it on the street. People reported hearing chains rattling. They heard screams. They heard moans. They heard all kinds of sound coming from this empty, abandoned, ransacked house. Decades later, carpenters allegedly found bodies buried under the floorboards when they were renovating. People believe that what people of the time were possibly hearing were the slaves that were still alive but trapped in the house under the floorboards. Oh, shit. Nope. I refuse to believe that. I really hope that's not true. I refuse to believe that. So, a couple more stories. This house has been a, a, a bunch of different things over the years. In the, mid-late, in the mid to late 19th century, the mansion was a primary school for African-American girls. And the girls would frequently approach their teachers crying, and they would have bruises and scratches on their arms. And they always told the teachers the same thing. They said, that woman did it. What woman? Assumedly, uh, Madame LeLaurie. I don't like calling her Madam. She doesn't deserve that title, but... I didn't put her as Madam LaLaurie in the notes for the last episode. Well, the last episode I called her Delphine, because that was her damn name. But when we're talking about the mansion, people typically call her Madam LaLaurie, which is why I kind of veered towards that. Oh, no, I I get that. I'm just saying I made sure not to put Madam LaLaurie. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like her either. There was a time when the mansion was rented out as apartments. And tenants reported hearing screaming, chains rattling, scratches. They would see a man in a tall hat. In 19, or excuse me, in 1894, a tenant was brutally murdered in his room. 
and police found his belongings ransacked, kind of like somebody had rifled through them, but nothing of value was missing. Police kind of chalked it up to a robbery, but that always kind of left them scratching their heads. As police interviewed his neighbors and his friends, they discovered that the victim had told a friend that he was having a problem with sprites, and the man's friend just kind of wrote it off as the man's imagination. The victim also told this friend that there was a demon in the house that wouldn't rest until he was dead. Mm, I less than like this. Anytime demons come up, I less than like it. I don't like sprites either, which I, from what I read, it's just spirits. Yeah. But sprites just makes them feel small and creepy. They like are. Little, like little gnomes living in your house. I, okay, listen, first of all, don't you dare compare them okay. to gnomes. Look, I said what I said, okay? Would you rather, what, what do you want me to say? Hamster people? No, because sprites makes me think of like an evil looking fairy or something. It makes me think of gnomes. How dare you? You take that back. I will not. I already said it once. I am who I am, okay? I don't mind gnomes. I hope your Southern autocorrect gets to you today. Well, <laughs> it's nine o'clock. It's nine nineteen, actually. So the day's almost over. So it can just take over. I hope that tomorrow, that's all you do is Southern autocorrect. Well, I think we're recording them too, so. Done. <laughs> There's a housekeeper in the house that claims they, that's what housekeepers do. There's a housekeeper that works in the house, and she claims that they were setting up a fax machine in the mansion. And the woman told her cousin to just send a fax to her house because she had a fax machine. And that way, when they finished cleaning and went home, they would know whether it worked or not. Mm -hmm. So the cousin allegedly sent a fax that said, hi, Lisa. When the lady got home later that night, the paper in the fax machine read, hi, I'm Madame LeLori. Bullshit. Lisa's just playing a prank. That's what she was asked, and she was adamant. She was like, no. She said, hi, Lisa. And I, I don't know. Feels a little on the nose. I feel like it was definitely a prank. Reports of hauntings date back roughly 200 years, and the hauntings are mostly attributed to the slaves that the LaLoris kept and tortured in the mansion. But people also believe that Madame LaLori herself still haunts the house. There's a general feeling of uneasiness or eeriness in the house. Workers refuse to enter the house by themselves. They absolutely will not go in at night alone. And people report feeling uncomfortable even just walking past the house on the same side of the street. So like I said earlier, people will cross the street just to not have to walk directly in front of this house. I would too, don't worry. People see shadows, some that block out the lights. Candles are extinguished on their own, and there is video of this if you go watch Portals to Hell. And it's 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 kind of creepy because it just slowly extinguishes. It's not just like boom out. It's like it just fades away, but it doesn't look like there's enough like wax in the candle t for it to do that. I don't like that. I I didn't like it either. I was like I was like rewinding and playing and rewinding and playing, and I'm like, no, that's just creepy. There's a little African-American girl sitting on the corner of the roof, swinging her legs. People report to see that. And they also claim to see her jumping off a balcony in this, on the second story. And they believe this to be a residual haunt of Leah, the young girl that Madame LaLaurie chased with a whip that I mentioned in the first. That was the first one that I thought of when you said the roof. Yes, and um, that's what I was actually going to say because I uploaded two different pictures. 
the house was originally only two stories and they eventually added a third story to the house. So if it showed her jumping off the second story, that would kind of go hand in hand with that story of her being chased off the roof. I still don't like it at all. I I don't either. They also see a little girl in a white dress looking out over what is now the dining room window. Looking out of what? Excuse me. There's a door in the kitchen that opens and shuts by itself. And people report being able to actually see the knob turn. But there's never anybody on the other side of the door. Absolutely not. I don't know what I would prefer. No, I do know. I would prefer the door just opened. I don't want to see the doorknob turn and then it opens. uh, No. I don't want that anxiety. No. The anxiety that, like, can you just imagine, like, you're seeing this doorknob turn and you're like, "Who who is it? And it's just nothing. I would have anxiety every time I saw a door. I would be like, is James home? The other part of that is also for me. The anxiety, like the fact that it, you can't explain that. Like you can't be like, oh, the wind blew it open or, oh, oh good point. You know, the, there's a draft or the cat or the, like if that doorknob is moving, that something is moving it. Yeah. I think that's where it gets me. Oh, I just got goosebumps. People are knocked down. They're touched. They get dizzy spells. They can feel noticeable temperature changes. And there's also a story of an electrician who was working in the house. He was actually in the attic. And he claimed to be fine one minute. And then suddenly he's bleeding from his forehead. How does that happen? I have no idea. And he had no idea. But he said something just hit him in the head. And he kind of looked around and there wasn't anything around that would have done that. People hear phantom footsteps. They hear moans. Shut up, Bryce. They're often heard coming from the room where the slaves were kept. They hear chains rattling. They hear crying. They hear growls. No. They hear breathing. And I did mention portals to hell a couple times. It's really cool that they got to investigate the Lillory Mansion. Because it's privately owned. And it's been privately owned for a long time. So nobody has ever been allowed to investigate it before. Ooh. I wanted to tell you a couple things that happened on there. Some of the bigger things. There's more, but I want you to go watch it. Okay. When they first start investigating, they set up all their cameras and all their equipment. And they're like, okay, hit the lights. Let's go. They catch what appears to be a human figure sitting in a chair in the kitchen. No. Mind you, they're all in the kitchen. They caught this on a 3D mapping camera. And if you watch Ghost Hunter shows, these are the cameras that pick up like the little stick men that are invisible to the human eye. Yeah. And they catch it just chilling, just sitting in a chair and they're actually able to interact with it a little bit. They got intelligent responses to questions. Uh, One of the examples was they asked, the woman asked, how many people are in this room that are dressed like me? And the entity correctly said nine. No. Yeah. Which I I like that she specified, like, that are dressed like me. I don't like that the entity was correct. Absolutely. Can you imagine? We'd be sitting there and you'd be like, how many people are dressed like me? And it would say however many. And me and you would be like, not anymore because we're gone. Because we are out of here. My dad told us no. We should have listened. They got knocks directly in response to questions they were asking. People that choose to occupy the LaLaurie Mansion, whether or not they're aware of its gruesome history, have been said to suffer tragedy and misfortune. How do they not know about the history? I have heard of some people, the woman that actually designed it, uh, 
the interior de- interior decorator that designed it for the current owners. She said that she was born and raised in New Orleans and she did not know the history of this house until she until she got to researching it and then she was like, "Oh, what did I get myself into?" I would have been like, "Nope, not doing this. <laughs> Research first. There are reports of murder, suicide, bankruptcy, uh, Nicholas Cage. Um, the current owner is a Texas oil tycoon named Michael Whalen. He bought the home from Regions Bank after they bought it as a foreclosure after Cage's bankruptcy in 2010. And the last thing I wanted to add in here, I actually specifically went back and added it. A lot of paranormal tours claim that they will take you to investigate the mansion. This is only half true. Um, like I said, it's been privately owned for years, so it's not open to the public. Most of these tours will take you to see the house from the outside. Oh, so that's crap. Yes. And that's unfortunately all I have for the Lori Mansion, because it's privately owned. I couldn't get much on it, but it's uh, pretty creepy. I, again, I less than like it. It's the brain stirring for me. <laughs> I don't want to go to the Lori Mansion, if we're going to be perfectly honest. I, I think I would be one of the people on the opposite side of the street. I'm pretty sure I would be too. That's just a lot of negative, really negative energy. Whether there's just rumors or whatever, like if any of those claims have any truth to it, like with the brain stirring or the the poor contortion girl, forcible contortionist, like that, just no. And then the other part of that is whoever's coming up with these claims, what's wrong with them? That, um... I really don't know. Because the people that come up with stories and shit like that, they gotta be a little twisted, right? Like, they gotta be a little twisted. That's what I'm saying. Like, how are you even coming up with this type of thing? Like, what is happening? I I just, like, I would not want to go here. Like, okay, yes, I want to see it. Like I said, from across the street. I I would touch the hearse at Tombstone. And I would not want to go in this house. Okay, first of all, James is not going to let you touch the hearse. Yeah, I know. He keeps saying that, but he can't be there the whole time. If you guys are on vacation, he can be. He's got to pee at some point, and so do I. Listen, he's going to hold it anytime you're near that (laughs) hearse. I can't imagine any of that. This whole episode, I'm so sick of it. Oh, well, I'm done if it makes you feel Okay, I know you're done. Oh, the next true crime I'm going to do is actually Louis Lailuri. That's not true. It's okay. I know. I know you're lying because I don't remember you mentioning a Lewis last time. He was her third and final husband, and he was there. I are thought rumors. it was Louis. I don't know. I'm not French. When I was researching the Lalori Mansion, people called him Lewis. So now I'm just confused. I-, I think it can be said either way. I don't know. I don't like him. He abused his wife allegedly. So well, I don't like you right now. So. No, I can't help that. I'm you sorry. didn't abuse your wife, and I still don't like you. Point is, is that I didn't like this at all. I'm still feeling very confused and conflicted, and now terrified of the Lalori Mansion at the same time. So there's that. Well, if it makes you feel any better, it's in New Orleans. You're a long way from Louisiana. It's still too close. Oh, well, then I can't help. Sorry. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to Hell on Heels podcast to see pictures from this episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Hell on Heels podcast, Twitter, Hell on Heels pod, or Facebook by searching Hell on Heels podcast. You can also find us on Linktree by typing in Hell on Heels podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon, where we're working to release specials for our patrons. 
If you have your own true crime or paranormal story suggestions or words of encouragement, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.